Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. My name's Sean Basto. I'm Jordan Neild. And this is episode number 60. And this is the first time we get to record in our little makeshift office that we've got inside ALG Auto Limited. Big shout out to them first and foremost for letting us actually secure this bit of office space that we've got. Jordan, it's great to see you. It's great to actually see you in person now as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. And as you say, thanks to the guys here for uh, giving us the bit of space and... As we said on the last couple of podcasts, it's just the next step, so, you know, onwards and upwards. Definitely onwards and upwards from here on. So, we're going to talk uh, about this weekend's action, which is coming up. There's not a lot of action coming up this weekend, in fact, so we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode, probably about half hour, 40 minutes tops, but we've got one big bill on this weekend, uh, which is the matchroom bill in Monaco. We're going to be talking about that. A couple of small hall shows going on, uh, and one card over in the USA to discuss, and then we've got boxing history and news and gossip this week. So, we'll start with the matchroom bill then Jordi top of the bill looks to be Calify and Israel Gonzalez Calify defending his WBA super flyweight title yet again should be good should be good to see Calify out again I think um, it feels like it's going to be another case of him just going through the motions and the gears in this one yeah definitely I mean Calify's quickly became a, a very um, established world champion shall we say and I think it's probably going to take a very good fighter to dismantle them really so you know whether Gonzalez is that man we'll we'll soon see but yeah it's good to see Cal back out and he's a great talent and you know I hope I know he'll be hoping for a big 2019. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I think they've been, they've been talking about sticking him in uh, with some of the big guns of the division. And, and uh, well, until um, Nanito uh, Nito Denaire, I think they call him Nito Denaire, I mean Nao Anue, until they moved up to, to Bantamweight, there was a lot of talk of potentially that fight happening in the future, which, you know, would have been great. But I think Cali Five for me, uh, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to clean up the division. But he's got to make sure he doesn't get complacent. And again, it feels like another another episode episode where he's going to just go through the motions, go through the gears, beat Gonzalez, and then hopefully we'll get him this big money-making fight, you know, potentially over in America somewhere. That's what he needs. Like, if you look at his record, he's 24-0 and 0 now. So he definitely needs to start putting names on that record. You know, that's what all fighters want. They want a big scalp, and whether that's Chocolito or someone along them lines, I think that's what will be in Cal's mind. Cal's a, a good fighter in his own right, but... With a, with a win like that, he sort of announces himself to everyone else. Yeah, well, I think um, looking at who else is out there, you said Chocolito, Roman Gonzalez a little bit earlier. Uh, then there's uh, obviously Rungvisai, who's kind of classed as number one in, in the super flyweight division, I would say. And then there's Donny Nietes as well. So there's quite a few other good fighters out there for him that you know people need to realise these are the fights he needs now at this stage of his career. I think he's proved himself as a world champion. He now needs to go in with big guys like these. But wow, some of them fights, what do you think of them? Oh, brilliant. I mean, I think they'll probably take take place overseas in America but I think he's been quite vocal about saying you know he wants to start putting you know them American I wouldn't call them paydays anymore because they are paid quite well in Britain but you know just to get out there and to cover that base I think that's something that Caldify wants to do so I think we'll definitely see them big fights but probably in America no, I agree. Well, that's why he took him over to America, didn't he? For the the, the last fight, he took him over there because he's trying to give him exposure over in America, get him known to the American fans, and then put him in against someone like Rungvasai, who's already known over there, and Chocolito Gonzalez, who, who are already known over there. And it's about building his profile. And I think I've said it in one of the previous episodes where the only thing for me with Calify is he just doesn't seem to have the right profile, the right level of support worldwide at the moment. And, and whilst we all you know, wanting to do well in Britain and wanting to become like a unified champion in super flyweight, he just doesn't seem to have that back backing and following uh, like some of the other fighters do. And I don't know, I don't say it's anything to do with what Eddie Hearn's doing because, you know, he does it for all his fighters. You know, he can he can sell sand to the Arabs. And that's the thing about Eddie Hearn. We know he can do that. But he does just doesn't seem to be working for me for Calify. I want to see him do well. It's tough in them lower divisions, though. I mean, as the casual fan wants to see your AJs and your knockouts and you know the big the big fellas with the big personalities but you know it's there's sometimes a tough sell them them smaller divisions but hopefully people get to see you know how good Calify is and that that might appeal to them Okay, well, let's move on then. Let's go to some of the other fights on that card. So, we've got Dennis Lebedev cruiserweight back against Mike Wilson on that card. A lot of you will remember Dennis Lebedev and his horrific eye injury, very similar to Sam Hyde's a couple of weeks ago. But it's good to see Dennis Lebedev back because he's a cruiserweight who... He's still up there in the mix, you know, at world level. He's still a guy that you you could essentially see him in with some of the guys that are in the Cruiserweight World Boxing Super Series tournament at the moment. And I think this is a good opportunity for him to keep himself out there and potentially look at fighting, you know, the winner 
of World Boxing Super Series. Is, you know, you can't write this guy off. He's been in with some of the best and he's had some really, really great fights. He is knocking on a little bit, but he's still a fighter that I think I would look forward to watching. I've seen you know some of the fights had over the years are really, really good fights and I think it'll be good to see him back in action. I do expect him to win, but I don't really know a lot about his opponent, Mike Wilson. I can't really comment on Mike Wilson because I don't know a lot about him. Yeah, me either, to be honest, but as you can see, he's sort of, I think he's a 19 and all American, knocked out eight, so, you know, he can obviously, I mean, he can punch a little bit, but it's whether that, that power t- translates over to, um, to you know, the elite level or, you know, just below the elite where yeah. Dennis Lebedev is. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, it's not a good fight for the card. Uh, again, it's, it's a fight where you're expecting Dennis Lebedev to come out the victor in it, but then we've also got Frank Buglione back on the card. I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's in a tough fight, you know, Fan Long Meng, I know he's, he's Chinese and he probably won't be, you know, the top of everyone's everyone's list of boxers that they want to see, but he's, yeah, <laughs> but he's a dangerous fighter, you know, and, and it's Buglione's coming in off that one-round KO from Callum Johnson. You know whether that's got psychological effects or whether he's, you know, fully recovered will remain to be seen. But it's a, it's definitely a good test, and I wouldn't be absolutely confident Buglione is going to come through. Has he not fought since he fought um, Callum? Since he got beat of Callum Johnson, I'm pretty sure he's uh, he's had a, at least a, like a one bout or something like. That. I might be wrong. Quickly do a box rec check, quick. No, maybe I think he has. That that is me getting pulled up. But by this, well, I've just checked. He fought a guy who was ten and nine. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, all. what I'm sort of saying is when he gets into uh, like a, a hot ring and against someone who's coming to try and take him out you know whether he, he has fully recovered from that yeah no seen, I agree well I agree with it because obviously we've seen him get blew out in a round it was a cracking fight with Johnson but he gets blown out in a round comes back fight, faces a 50-50 record fighter you know essentially like a bit of a journeyman turning into but then he's coming back and he's fighting an undefeated unknown Chinese fighter which uh, the name when I read the name today, <laughs> when I read the name today, I started laughing a little bit, and I shouldn't really because you know people might in, in, interpret that as uh, maybe some form of racism, which is not. But when he said Fan Long Meng, when you say it like that, it's a bit of a mouthful. But <laughs> you look at the guy uh, on paper, and he's got this what thirteen and zero record and relatively unknown coming in he's obviously doing something right because he's been given this opportunity to fight for the Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Championship so for me he's doing something right he's obviously got something there I've not seen him and uh, have you seen him have you seen anything as an, as an amateur I've seen, I've seen bits but I wouldn't be um, I'm not professional to know exactly what he's going to do but I know he's a southpaw and you know whether that that again causes a couple of problems but I think Frank Buglione is quite comfortable with southpaws and stuff like that he's, he's been around the block he's not someone who's it's not going to be the first time he's seen a southpaw but yeah I think that's probably the most interesting fight in the card for me I think it will be an interesting fight just because you can never really underestimate guys with undefeated records regardless of whether you know him or you don't know him and we've seen it happen so many times just in 2018 alone there's been so many guys that have come along with relatively unknown records or relatively unknown fighters that have not had the right exposure and they come along and won world titles and you know, it's, it's, it's great, great stories, and this could be another one if a front bug, well, not for front bug, the only for Fang Long Meng on Saturday night. We'll see. See, it's a mouthful, isn't it? Trying to say <laughs> yeah, that. Fang Long Meng, you feel, you just feel like, you, you, are you getting this name right or not? Anyway, have they got some good commentators in? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been uh, Rung Vasai because I can never <laughs> get his name right. Uh, other other fights on the card: then Jordan, Michael Hunter back out after beating Martin Mikolai, uh, facing Alexander Ustinov. Which uh, when I seen that fight uh, get announced and confirmed, and knew it was on the card this weekend, I was quite happy because Michael Hunter impressed me in his last fight. He'd only been defeated 
by Alexander Usek at cruiserweight, moved up to heavyweight, and you know he did uh, did a bit of a number on McCall. He was obviously highly rated by Mr. Billy Nelson, uh, who couldn't you know say enough about him on Twitter and took a bit of, took a bit of a shellacking after the defeat to Hunter. But anyway, Hunter looked really good in that fight for me. And Ustinov, as we know, he, he is a proven fighter. He is a guy with uh, a good record, only two defeats, I believe, on his record, and he's been in with some you know some really good names. So this is a real step up for Hunter for me. Yeah, I think he's only been beat by Pulev and I believe Manuel Char before he had all yeah. his all his drug problems. But yeah, the Hunter the Hunter one's a bit difficult because you don't really know how this how this win over Bacoli is going to turn out because oh we we're only really told by a select few people that Bacoli was this animal. I know he's faced Joshua in Spartan and everyone's got good words, but you know the old saying goes Spartan is Spartan. But oh yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it depends how that form. You know, turns out, and but as you say, Hunter's only losses to Usyk. We've banged on about Usyk enough over the last couple of weeks, so it's a good fight. Ustinov forty-one. Hunter probably sees there's another chance to get good scalp on his record and to to put himself in that heavyweight mix. Yeah, I think so. I think you. I think for me, uh, Hunter, like I say, I was impressed with him last time out. He probably wasn't expected by most of the UK fans that already knew Piccolo he wasn't expected to win he came there and did a number on him and he faces Ustinov who I expect him to beat Ustinov on Saturday like you just said you know he's 41 he's had his problems blah 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 but I expect that win on Saturday but again it's boxing you just never know what's going to happen other fights on the card then Um, another name that I love to try and pronounce Dania Yelusinov yes I think I got it in one (laughs) against Marcus Mohika that's also on the card now I want to get your thoughts on this, Jordy, because you're losing off the last time out. He didn't look very good. I don't think I don't think this sort of journeyman fades is really for Danny Ayelusinov. I think he's sort of going to be one of them where we're only going to see how good he is when he's fighting someone who's you know active and looking to win as well. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to the fellas he's been in, he's been in with. But and that's sort of the journey you've got to go on. You can't just jump into these big fights. But I think. That's when you see whether he has got it or not. You know, he's a decorated amateur, but we've seen plenty of amateurs come in and the pro game just isn't for them. And maybe that is the case, but, you know, I think Matchroom were expecting a lot. They really bigged up this signing when he did it. You know, it was all over social media, DMs in Kazakhstan, and, you know, I'm sh- I don't think it's quite played out as they would have expected just yet. He hasn't really caught on to the fans in the way they would have hoped, but, you know, he's still only 4 and always he, and moves to 5 and all this weekend, I think. But, you know, if he uh, he's got time, but... Yeah, I think he needs to start moving quickly now. You know what? I can't remember who it was who said it about him in the last fight. Um, which, which pundit was it? I don't know if it was Nelson or one of the Sky Sports pundits turned around and said, he just doesn't look like he's transitioning well from the amateur side to the pro game. It's like, he's just... Oh, Macklin maybe. He might have been Macklin because he's quite... It's quite fucking brutal, Macklin. I believe it was, yeah. yeah. I do remember that. And I remember him saying sort of like, you know, he's just not impressing me. But I'm sure, um, I mean, Macklin seems a stand-up guy. I think, you know, if he was wrong, he'd, he'd, he'd admit it. But I think he's got a very valid point. It yeah. doesn't. It, he's had sort of fights at your hall and stuff, and I don't think he's really, I don't think he really gets the whole thing in, in Britain. He, I know he's trying to work on his English, but, yeah, I think, um, I hope he does does sort of transition over well in the, in the next year or so, because, you know, with, a na- with his name and his ability, he can be in good fights, but... Time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Time will tell. We'll see. We'll see if he looks any better on Saturday night. If he does, we might be talking about him on the reaction show next week with a with a little bit more positivity. But I just don't feel like I've been impressed with him so far. The transition doesn't seem to have gone as well as other fighters' transitions to the professional game. So that's that card. It's it's all right. It's not a bad card. I'm not going to complain. It's boxing. It's on Saturday night. You know, a couple of fights that people want to see on there. The 
probably only fact's quite an interesting one. I'd be interested to see Michael Hunter and Ustinov. Uh, you Ustinov, what see if you got any better? Califi, again, like I said at the top of the show, I think he's just gonna he's just gonna go through the gears, probably not even get our second gear and, and, and defend his title, but you never know what's gonna happen. Um Moving on, then, Goodwin Boxing Show, Jordi. Should be another good show down there. It's just a shame that the, the they don't have any sort of like little uh, media platform deal in place at the moment because apparently some really good fights on down there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the problem for every sort of small or promoter, isn't it? It's sort of getting these fights out to the masses. And, you know, I know it's a bit, it's quite a deep card. I've had a look today and there's a, there's a load of fights and there usually is on them cards. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I can't... can't you know, say I know a lot, a lot about all the fighters, but you know, I've seen Sam Gillies in with Ryan Toms, who just knocked out uh, Fred Evans, who's obviously it was obviously a big hope once upon a time. So yeah, I think there'd be some good fights on there. You know, you Harlem Eubank and people like that. So yeah, yeah I think it would be a good show for fans who are in attendance. But as you say, it's just a shame that these don't really get pushed out. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff going around obviously at the moment like a lot of people affiliating themselves with small operators like Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat. <laughs> if you've not seen the announcement this week, obviously we've linked up with Kieran Farrell. Uh, we hopefully will be doing some of his shows in the future, doing some of the fights, showing them on our YouTube channel. You know that that's something we're really excited to be doing as well separately. But no, it's good with boxing. Like I say, you know I, I get nothing but good reviews uh, from Elliot who, who goes for us and covers the shows down there and he's always saying you know there's some really good fights on down there cards are really really deep and I think sometimes there's a risk that they can be a little bit too deep when they start at like 4 or 5 o'clock and it's a small hall show and they're going on till like 10 11 o'clock at night it's like last week actually the main event being on at uh, half 8 the main event was on at half 8 but then they had about 3 or 4 fights after that yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get that I think it, it is tough but it's sort of like they've only got to select a few dates to get all these fighters out and and active, so you know they've got they're sort of working with what they've got. So I mean, we can't be too critical, but yeah. No, not so. For, pe- for people who are going to be in attendance, you know, I'm sure they'll have a good night. They're always good organised events. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just shame we won't get to see it. But hopefully they can they can sort of put a deal in place themselves and try and get try and get because you, YouTube now and the way everyone's you know getting into to what just watching things in general. These big streaming platforms, you know, your YouTube's of the world. That's where the future is. So. You know, there's hope for these small old promoters. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, small old boxing is going to the next level. Just to touch on and go off on a little bit of a tangent, it is going to the next level because the thing is, is all these platforms out there now, like including like what we've done with Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, there's quite a few of them. Some of them come and some of them do really, really well and some of them come and just fade away really quickly because they think it's, you know, you think you're actually going to get paid for it all the time and it's not a case, you've got to work really hard and, you know, you know, little, little small achievements uh, are the way forward and that's the way I like to see it when we do this, you know, little small steps at a time and, you know, eventually in the long haul we'll be there and we'll be up there with all the big ones one day. We'll see. We'll see. Well, let's go uh, over to USA then. Let's talk about the two fights which are happening this weekend. We've got Dimitri Bivol and Jean Pascal over uh, in the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Atlantic City. And it's going to be another defence of his WBA title for Bivol. And I've talked a lot about Bivol on the podcast, previous episodes. I'm, re- I'm really impressed with his start to his professional career and the way he has really been stepping up his level of opposition and really starting to get in with some with some great fighters. I mean, we've seen him in with Isaac Chalemba last time, a former Tony Bellew opponent. And obviously we know the Bellew fights he had. Absolutely nightmares with Chalemba. <laughs> I remember, remember them fights with him, but... Bivol, you know, did, did a good job on him, you know, got a unanimous decision, and now he moves on, faces a very faded Jean Pascal this weekend, but 
it's a, it's, it's a keep busy fight for him for sure. It's a name. It's a name on his record. But I, I think he walks through him. And I think, you know, we want to see him in with like the likes of Kovalev at light heavyweight. And you've got the likes of Stevenson, Badu Jack knocking around. What do you think of Bivol? Do you think he's do you think he's a good fighter from what you've seen so yeah, far? Yeah, I think he's one of the most exciting talents in the game. And you say, ta- I don't mean that by him coming up. You know, he's obviously a world champion, but I think he's one of them fighters that you know is going to just keep getting better and better. Gene Pascal's obviously shown throughout his career he isn't good. He won't just come over and lie down. So you know, I think Bivol might have to answer a few questions in terms of heart and you know things like that. Yeah, which which is obviously important for fighters to tick. But I think it's a it's a shrewd bit of matchmaking. I think it looks good on his record. Definitely. Sets him up for a good year. And as you say, get him in with like Kovalev and people like that. But I, I wouldn't back against him against Kovalev, not the Kovalev we're seeing now. You know, the one who's got issues out the ring. You yeah, know, it's a bit, um, he, he, a bit past it now, isn't it? Lo- <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it to his face, but, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, you know, I think he likes, I don't know, there's rumours he likes a bit of a drink, even during camp and stuff like that. So hey, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't mind throwing seeing Bivol in with him I think it'd be a great fight but yeah I don't think there's going to be many who are going to stop Bivol it's good. go on you go I was going to say it was going to be um, it was going to be good to look at what goes on in the future only because we're talking about Kovalev but we're forgetting about like people like I can't pronounce his name Alexander Gerzvik oh, Gerd, <laughs> I can't even fucking pronounce his name I can never get it right uh, obviously Berterbiev we're forgetting about Berterbiev yeah. Joe Smith Jr I think Berterbiev and Joe Smith are they lines of Lined up to fight each other soon. Yeah, as well. I think I think that's definitely been mooted. But seen a couple of rumours that maybe the Callum Johnson rematch. I don't think I don't know whether that stayed with Bear to be getting dropped and stuff. Whether he's sort of thinking, you know, I need to sort of right that wrong a little bit. So you know, I, I, that might that might not come to fruition. That's just something I I was sort of seeing throughout the week. So you know, hopefully that could play out. But I'd like to see um, the one fight that I have in my mind that I'm gonna love to see in the future is when Callum Smith goes up and fights Bivol. Uh, that's what I want yes. to see. I mean, all the, <laughs> and all the fought as amateurs. I think Bivol took the win that time, so I'd, I'd love to see that. It's huge, Callum Smith. He's definitely like a freak of nature for super middleweight. He, he looks like a light heavyweight already, and yeah, definitely we'll talk about that uh, another time. But then there's obviously all, also the LDR Avalas who beat Sergey Kovalev, and I've not seen anything recently, but is that rematch still happening? I think the option's there. I don't know whether it's going to be taken up, but... I heard his manager yeah. say that they were taking the rematch. And I said on the podcast um, last time after that fight, I didn't want to see him back in with him straight away. No. But I remember seeing on Twitter that his manager was coming out and saying, we want the immediate rematch. But yeah. I've not heard anything since. Alvarez beat him well, didn't he? I yeah. mean, he, he, he'd done a job on him. I don't know whether that would be sort of the same result if it if it's to happen again I probably would probably would say you know if I was a better man which which I'm not <laughs> uh, I would say well, you, well, you was a channel last week <laughs> were you yeah, yeah and just, uh, just in case anyone's listening I'm definitely not a better <laughs> man but uh, yeah he, uh, you know, he beat him well and I wouldn't be backing against him if it was to happen again Alvarez well we'll move on then uh, we'll talk about the other fight on the undercard of that which is the return of Sergei Kuzmin who we seen face David Price in September on the Joshua undercard with Povetkin against uh, Laron Mitchell who I'll be honest with you I've got no idea who Laron Mitchell is and it's difficult to try and talk about him because I've got no idea about him about his record about anything I can could sit here and box rack him but I genuinely don't know anything about uh, Mitchell but obviously I've seen Kuzmin undefeated face Price and it's difficult to judge him off the prize fight for me to be honest because we we know Price's fragilities we knew it going into the fight we knew you know he, he, he did 
a good few rounds of Povetkin and nearly stopped Povetkin at one point of the fight. But now he it's hard to judge him. I'm, I'm struggling to kind of judge him off that. I don't want to say, you know, he's going to be a really good fighter in a few more fights' time because at times even David Price was 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 doing a little bit. Uh, of a number on him at times during the fight and you know a, a fresher maybe a healthier fighter maybe someone who's not as shot worn as David Price might have done some more damage and might have beat Cosman he does look a little bit limited at times but he's going in this weekend against Laurent Mitchell going back to the Cosman David Price fight then obviously we've been a scouser uh, I'm pretty sure there's always a lot of love for Pricey over there what do you think of Kuzmin from that fight do you think he's any good do you think he's you know a, a world beater even he's obviously good he took some um, took some good shots on Pricey but you know I can't it, it hurts me when people you know talk about Pricey in a bad way I'm I'm still still to this day a massive fan and I always will be you know one day he will he, he will get someone <laughs> but um, yeah I mean I get stick from you know some of me, certain parts of my friendship groups and stuff for how much I back him but I always will just the way I am but um, yeah, I don't. I don't think Kuzman is this like feared prospect that you're making him out. Yeah. I mean, Pricey took some good shots from him and wasn't phased. It obviously ended up being his arm that that went, and you know people have got their opinion on that. But I thought it was turning into a good little fight. I wouldn't. It was. I wouldn't mind seeing that was. again. To be honest, you know, I think um, I don't know whether Kuzman would sort of see it as too much trouble now. It's like it's it's one of them like high risk low reward things because could easily get chinned, but. You know, if he if he beats Pricey, you know all these people have beaten before. Well, as people would say, so yeah, I don't think we'll see that again. But yeah, I don't think Sergey Cousins the animal he was made out to be in that build up, or especially the couple of fights before that. And I don't know if if, if beating Laurent Mitchell is going to do any anything for him either. I mean, like I say, I don't really know a lot about Laurent Mitchell, but obviously, you know, if he goes in and beats him, does a number on him, he starts to rebuild that reputation of him. You know, of this sort of animal in inverted commas animal. But I don't think he. I don't think he is. I think any any you know superior athlete to him will beat him, and that that's just from what I've seen so far. But again, we'll see. But he's in action on that card. I'd like to see the Joe Joyce fight. Joe Joyce. I like to see Joe Joyce fight Cousin. I reckon yeah. that'll be a good little fight, you know. But I know he's got his eye on Miller and stuff, and he's trying to move quickly. But I think if they were going to sort of move Joe along. I don't think Cousman's the worst fight in the world, and I think he'd probably do a number on him. If yeah, honest. I think you know what. I think you're right. Joe Joyce would probably do a number on him. I think he's just too big of a unit, and I think if someone like Cousman, I think I think he'd do it. I was, you know, what I was watching uh, just on a little bit of a tangent again. I was watching the Joe Joyce Alexander Usyk uh, fight yesterday, and I was just remembering, you know, Joe Joyce actually has got a pretty decent chin. You know, he took some real good shots in that World Series of boxing, and. You know, he, I think Joe Joyce, Cousin, yeah, maybe a future fight if they don't. I, the, make it. I know Cousin knocked, well, knocked Joe Joyce down. I don't know if he knocked him out, but I know he beat him by stoppage within within like the first round as an amateur. But and that's sort of the sort of the point I was coming on with the fight. Like, I think for Joe Joyce, it probably makes sense on a lot of a lot of levels. I think he beats him as a pro, and I think he avenges that that quick defeat he got as an amateur. Well, I didn't know that. So obviously, like, you've enlightened me there. I think it's like forty odd seconds. Bloody hell! So I don't know whether you know amateurs and pros we've had this conversation before but yeah sort of that's just in my own little matchmaking mind that I've got going on I think um, yeah I think it would be it would probably make sense for Joe Joyce because I think he'd get he'd, uh, he'd even that score for me be good we'll be good to see what happens in the future if he doesn't end up fighting someone like the Miller or someone like um, 
Huey Fury, who obviously the British Boxing Board of Control have sanctioned him to, to potentially fight in the future. We'll see. We can have our thoughts on that at the end of this episode. But let's move on then. Let's go to the next segment of today's episode, and it is this week in boxing history. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia, he's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! So, this week in boxing history, what have we got for you on the cards this week? It's quite a few good notable ones this week that I'm really looking forward to just quickly touching on because it seems to be November, again another good month for boxing, especially over the period of so many years and the, the first one on the list good one, 1965 22nd of November, Muhammad Ali knocks out Floyd Patterson in round number 12 to retain the world heavyweight title Floyd Patterson, obviously former world champion himself at the time uh, or previously sorry, and it was uh, considered a you know a really good scalp on his record at the time because of what Floyd Patterson had previously done uh, in boxing history, but it's one of the Muhammad Ali's fights that you, you you always refer back to. I mean, obviously you're always going to refer back to the trilogies with Frazier, the fights with Foreman, etc. But when you look back in his earlier career, you know, this was quite a significant point for him and a significant win for him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously you not know, first and foremost he's the greatest name in the sport, and you know he rightly gets accolades even today. You know. What he did was amazing, but yeah, I think this was sort of one of his most notable, most notable things, and what people people sort of look back on. So yeah, I mean, we've all seen and heard of the stories of Muhammad Ali, and this is just one of them in in a massive list. Well, let's move on. Let's go to the next one, and it was the year of my birth, nineteen eighty six, twenty second of November, same date. Mike Tyson knocks out Trevor Burbeck, wins WBC heavyweight championship of the world at twenty years of age, and funnily enough, he breaks. Floyd Patterson's record as the youngest man to win a world heavyweight title. This was just a significant point in history as well. It's a really, really, you know, fight where you look back on and you think to yourself, bloody hell, this was Tyson at his best. He was an animal, weren't he? A proper animal at that point. Yeah, I mean, like, just, just to not think, or just to think that he was 20 years of age. Seeing footage of him this week of, and he was apparently 13. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. And he's sort of in the ring. And if he's 13 in that video, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were feeding him. Raw meat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just, 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 see that he was like you know Floyd Patterson before him but just to win the world every title at 20 years of age it's just it's just unheard of no no yeah that's what I mean it's it's crazy isn't it and you think back to that period of time and he was just such a feared fighter and oh man psychologically just yeah. beat people down didn't he before? exactly beat him up he beat him before he yeah. even got in the ring just the, the intimidation of him coming down to the ring I'll always I'll always love to talk about Tyson because that, that period of time for boxing Tyson as a heavyweight was, was absolutely immense obviously surpassing you know what had just happened with you know Ali then retiring a couple of years earlier so anyway let's move on let's go to the next one 2008 again 22nd of November seems to be quite a significant date in the boxing calendar Ricky Hatton one of my favourites knocking out Paulie Malinaje to retain his world super lightweight title in I remember the fight I remember watching the fight and I remember it being very controversial stoppage because I don't think Malinaje should have been stopped in that fight but the referee waved it off uh, in round 11 and obviously Hatton moved on he was rebuilding his career this was his first fight under Mayweather Senior that's not if you remember yeah, it at yeah. all 
I mean, I've read um, I've read Ricky's book and sort of the stories around around this time are, are crazy. So anyone who's into reading and stuff, I definitely I definitely recommend that book and certainly that part of the book. But you know, I think was this his first time back in Vegas after being beat by Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, it was because he when he come back, he fought Lasgano at City Stadium because yeah. I went to that, and then he and that was in the May, and then he fought Malinaji in the November. Yeah, and, and obviously it's gone down now in history as his, as his not only his last significant win but his last win anyway, and you yeah, know he obviously got true. knocked out by Pacquiao and then had that comeback that should never have happened. So yeah, it's just it's obviously significant for a lot of reasons this this fight. And this month, because the next one is on the 25th of November, and it's a fight that is so infamous. And actually, I've not seen the film yet, but this this fight, uh, and the incident in this fight has been made into a film, and it was Sugar Ray Leonard knocking out Roberto Duran in New Orleans to regain the world welterweight title. The infamous Nomas fight, that's one that is, it will always go down in history because of what happened, the way he, he essentially quit in the fight no more that's what no mass means no more he didn't want any more Sugar Ray Leonard completely outboxed Roberto Duran over them eight rounds and it's been made into an actual film and I don't know have you seen that film? Is it Hands of Stone? It's not that. that might be it yeah, yeah, yeah Hands of Stone I think I have yeah and uh, well I know I have but um, yeah it's, it wasn't only significant just in a boxing ring it was significant for you know Duran outside of the ring as well yeah. he, he took took a long time for him to sort of to like shake that what people would say about, you know, the no mass and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. And even now it's used in today's in boxing terminology these days, you know, people saying no Maschenko because people are sort of quitting against Lomachenko. And it's <laughs> sort it's sort of is it is a sort of it's so significant in boxing history and rightly so it's in this section of the of the podcast. But yeah, I mean just the word on Sugar A Leonard, he's just he's still looking in at unbelievable shape and oh, I know. You know he's just a legend of a legend of legends the guy lives the life that guy has lived for the life anyway that concludes this week's segment of boxing history and we'll go into the final section of the show which is the news and gossip section so we'll move on to this news and gossip section we'll talk about what's been going on this weekend to be honest with you not a lot there's, there's not actually a lot of stuff that's been going on this week and for me, it's quite disappointing because I was hoping to, to talk about talk about some juicy gossip. Uh, there's one good fight that's been added to the Warrington-Frampton card, which was announced, which is Martin Murray facing Hassan and Dam in a middleweight clash, which for me signals an intention for Martin Murray to definitely move back up to a potential world title shot, and he does want another world title shot. He's going to get more world title shots than Paul Smith soon, Martin Murray. I hope he eventually does win one. Isn't he from your neck of the woods, Martin Murray? Yeah, well, he's, well yeah, where, where I've sort of spent the last couple of years, St. Helens, that's where he's from, and you know, he's, people talk very highly of him there, but you know, I think everyone in, in British boxing loves Martin Murray. You know, he's been so hard done by in some of his, in good, some of his world titles. It's a good fights. story as well. Yeah, he's never, ever, ever, like, backed down from anyone or any fight. He's either gone up his four groves and stuff like that. He's got a career to be proud of. And I think this is another decent test for him. Definitely one that puts him back in the reckoning should he win, which I hope he does. And, you know, I'd love to see him, love to see him lift the world title of some version, you know, in his career. I think that'll round it off for him and round off what's been a, what's been a, you know, a very eventful life and I think on the we just spoke earlier about books I think that's if you, if you haven't read Martin Murray's one it's definitely one that you should 
try and pick up, especially over Christmas or whatever? Well, I've not read it yet, but I'm definitely planning on reading it because it's one that uh, has got a lot of good reviews over social media, so definitely for sure get that one ordered as a Christmas present. If you want to send us one, you know, please <laughs> please do me and, and Jordi would be happy to read it and we'll go through a little bit of a review on air. It could be a good <laughs> podcast episode. Send us one, drop us a message, you know where to find us. Anyway, moving on, I was just touching on Dimitri Bivol's fight from earlier that we were talking about. It's actually been shown on Box Nation this weekend, so if anybody wants to catch it it will be on in the early hours from usually about 2am on Box Nation this Saturday another piece of news Prince Nazim Hamed oh man that guy I loved him as a fighter uh, I love him even more you know since he started coming back into the limelight again a little bit with all the comments coming out with this week's comments I'll just read the comment he made in an interview about the Warrington Frampton fight and how he'd fare against him so he said probably both on the same night as in beating them both on the same night that's not disrespecting them, I love them. I'm just not blowing my own trumpet. I'm a one-off, I set the bar too high to a point you probably can't even see it. Definitely blowing his own trumpet then. <laughs> yeah, just a bit, <laughs> just a bit. He, 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 I think he loves being back in the limelight, doesn't he? Well, that's Naz, isn't it? And, you know, I'll, I've not enjoyed a piece of television like his Eubank thing uh, <laughs> in February as much. Like, I haven't enjoyed the piece of television since and probably won't anyway. He had a point, to be fair. But, um, yeah, he's just... That that whole that couple of like three sentences just is naz, isn't it? And, you know, some personality. He was some fighter, and you know, the more he's on television, the you know, the better because he's a funny guy. He is a funny guy. I what I do want to see more of him on telly, maybe more as a pundit. I think it's one of them with him. If you have him as a pundit, you're scared of what he's going to say and what he's going to yeah. come out with. But that, that's what makes for great TV for me personally. I'd love to see him on telly more as a pundit because he. <laughs> It just makes me laugh. He just a guy comes out with some absolute corking comments, and you just know it's going to blow up social media. And in this day and age, as well, with social media being the way it is, this is the perfect time for him to to, to keep himself relevant because he's been off the radar for years, hasn't he? I don't think that would have sat well with Naz either. I don't think I think being in the limelight, as we've said, is exactly where he wants to be. And yeah. you know, just his own his own little personality is is exactly that's where it needs to be. Sort of thing. It, it's not he's not cut out for. A normal life, you know. He's just, he's just a, he's just a one-off, as he says. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, last piece of news that I wanted to report on in this week's episode, and it is Anthony Joshua. Apparently, first of all, was reportedly going to be at ringside to watch John Wilder and Tyson Fury, and now it's been claimed from different sources that he isn't going to be attending because he has got some sort of sponsorship commitments he needs to uh, adhere to, which would have been really interesting if he would have been wingside, because for me that's, again, statement of intent if he would have been there, because, you know, get him in the ring at the end. I'm sure if Fury wins that fight, he would have called him in the ring. He would have been saying all sorts of shit to him. I think that's what it is, though. I think Anthony Joshua, it's sad really, but I think him and his advisors have sort of said, we're not giving them that moment. You know, we're not... We don't want this fight to happen, so we're not giving them even more publicity by, you know, creating a big thing at the end. And that's sad, really, because I know, as we touched on, this game is about more than boxing. You know, you've got to sell things, and, you know, people love the drama that goes with it. And Anthony Joshua getting in that ring would go absolutely berserk on every social media channel the next day. Everyone will be watching it. People it, who've never watched a boxing fight in their life will be watching it. It needs to do some out of character for me. It's like... You know when he called uh, Tyson Fury a fat fuck yeah, on yeah. social media? Everyone blew up because that's not the character 
that you see in the ring and the interviews you see him in. I mean, I, I do think a lot of it is you know genuine him, but I want to see the real Anthony Joshua. I've said this before in one of the episodes a few weeks back. I want to see the real version of him, the street version of him. And you can know you know he's still got a bit of street in him when the way he talks on social media sometimes. But you know if he got in the ring at the end of that fight, if he if he would have been there. Just imagine, even if it would have been Wilder, Wilder is a talker, he's a trash talker, and he would have got right in his face, the same as Fury would have done, and he would have been giving him all sorts of shit, and that would have really, really created a fight, a hype for a fight, and, and it want, people would want that fight ten times more, even though people are bored of the negotiation stuff, people would want the fight ten times more, just from a small altercation like that in the ring, but he's not going to be there, so I'm sorry to rain on your parade, uh, obviously people say things on social media or report things on social media that are not always true and then it comes out from more reliable sources uh, and obviously I believe that he probably won't be there on Saturday that Saturday night but it'd be fantastic if he just turned up and announced on it I mean that that's what we're all hoping for really aren't we and you know I think you're right I think Joshua you know you would like to see it you know a more genuine version but it's a double-edged sword isn't it, mainly because he's so commercially Involved, you know, he's getting, he's probably earning more from commercial deals than he is from boxing. It's in every advert on the telly. Exactly, every company in the world wants him, wants him as the face of their product. So he's probably, you know, he's sort of playing a role that allows him to be, you know, rich beyond measure, which is probably good, probably sensible, really. But I would like to see him get in there and give it a bit. And you know, neither Wilder or Fiori would back down. No, that's for sure. Well, that's news and gossip for this week. Uh, Unless there's anything else, Jordy. No, I mean, it's been sort of a quiet week, you know, I've been trying to scout about and see if we could pull any news in, but, you know, it's it's sort of a rare quiet week in terms of, and we're just about to go into a crazy December, you know, we've obviously oh. got Fiori Wilder, yep. then we've got Brooke, you know, we've got more shows, then you've got the Brooke return, and you've got Field and Canelo, yep. you know, you've got Warrington, Frampton, White Chisora, you know, it's, it's, it's a boxing, boxing fan's dream really, so yeah, probably thankful that we've got a bit of a quiet week. Yeah, uh, well, I think we, we might have to go out and create some more controversy. I <laughs> know, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not going to start sitting here and creating controversy, slagging off of the podcast like, you know that pound for pound tour that they're doing? What a load of shit it is. <laughs> that is actually how I feel about it, genuinely. So there's my bit of controversial moment for this episode. Pound for pound taking it on tour. What a fucking load of bollocks that is. I'm telling you now, that is absolute crap, and I'm sorry, it really is, and I don't even enjoy the podcast, and I've heard... And for every 10 people that listen to it, about eight of them are saying, I can't, I just can't listen to it. I just can't listen to it. Anyway, that's my controversial yeah, moment so of the week. you're not a subscriber over there then. No, <laughs> no, no. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I tried listening to it once, right? And, you know, Jake Wood's an actor. He's been in EastEnders for years. Spencer Oliver, we know he's, he's been a pundit. And he's a decent pundit when he's on the telly. But I just kind of feel like it's a bit of a, a London boys outing for the afternoon. And they're just chatting shit about stuff that not a lot of people know about. Yeah, they get people in because they've got a bit of sway. And they can get fighters in and bigger names and whatnot. But I still feel like it's just... I don't. I, there's a lot of people that feel the same, to be honest with you. You speak to the other guys that do podcasts down in the southern area, the New Age boxing guys, the fight talk guys who do their podcasts, they'll tell you exactly the same. They, they can't stand it either. None of them can. Anyway, my controversial moment of the week, my rant of the week. Anything else from you, Jordy? <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll leave you there. To, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get slated on Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll play good cough. 
<laughs> right, guys. Well, thank you for downloading and listening to this weekend preview episode of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. You know where to find us, which is at BTR Boxing Pod, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook. You can find the podcast on Podbean and iTunes and Stitcher and Player FM and all good available podcasting apps. And you can find myself at Sean Basto ESBR. And you can find me at Jordan Neal. But just just to round off, if you do listen on iTunes, try and leave a review because Absolutely. that really boosts us up up the um, up the chart, so to speak. So if you do listen, just leave a quick review and we'll be greatly appreciated. Let's knock that pound for pound bullshit off the top. <laughs> telling you, right, guys. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in the next episode. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.